listening to We Watch Movies. I'm Ava. And I'm Jenna. And we watch movies. So this episode is coming out a little bit late because we are recording on a Thursday because um, Wi-Fi sucks and uh, we couldn't record yesterday because um, our Wi-Fi wanted to sabotage us. Um, but everything is fine now, hopefully. Um, and anyways, as you can probably tell from the title of this episode, we watched Monster, which came out on Netflix recently. Um, I believe it was released in some big film festival, uh, in 2018. I'm not exactly sure which festival it was, um, but it was a festival nonetheless. And, um, so this movie is about... A young man named Stephen Harmon who gets accused of participating in a robbery that results in the death of a, um, what was the thing called? The store? What is it called? They're called bodegas. Okay, so the death of a bodega owner or manager, um, and it mostly focuses on his trial and the events leading up to his trial, um... And, yeah, so we're going to talk about it. Um, Jenna, do you want to talk about your initial reactions? I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I mean, like, did I enjoy the story in the sense that, like, yeah, the the story was, like, so nice. Like, no, like, it's more of a heavy story. But I think all of, like, the filmmaking choices were good. I enjoyed watching it. It, even if I didn't like enjoy everything that was happening to the characters, um, I thought it definitely had a message that is fairly timely with where we are right now. And while I didn't think it was something like amazing, and while I don't know if I'll revisit it, I think it was still good. Yeah, so I also enjoyed this movie. I really liked it for what it was trying to do. Um, it wasn't very subtle about its messages, but I you could very much tell that every choice they made was a choice and it's like everything had a had a meaning behind it like if you talk like for instance the first time that they go into the courtroom for his trial he he's narrating and he's talking about oh in the courtroom there's only black and white no room for shades of gray but then the entire courtroom is completely gray and everybody's dressed in black and white and it's like very much a stylistic choice that is meant to reflect on you know the the state of the legal system which is i think that was really cool they they had a lot of interesting ways of thinking about things um and representing those through film which i'm i'm really glad they did because a lot of they they talk a lot about filmmaking and you know the main character wants to be a filmmaker and so they talk about the lens of a filmmaker blah 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 and um it's really cool to see that same lens used in the movie where they're talking about the lens i don't know um yeah and i can kind of forgive how deliberate it felt because in some cases i was like are you trying to make it feel deliberate because they have this like built-in part of the text that talks about filmmaking and the lens of truth through film so i could kind of forgive how they were like almost deliberately trying to point out like hey we're we're doing this thing because it, it felt in character for the movie and while none of it like hit you like right over the head like look we're trying to be deep and profound they they were still i think drawing attention to some of the things they were doing but it it fit for this movie so i don't have much of a problem with that yeah it was definitely um it, it it definitely was telling you and i definitely think it was deliberate um when they were trying to do something thought provoking um and see a lot of times i get annoyed when movies are so pushing for the profound I guess um because I feel like it takes away from the story and the way that I do it is kind of distracting but in this way because it fit in with the style of the movie and and it really it it, it just something they did worked whereas if you compare it to I I hate every time I go back to like talking about a movie that I think is pretentious I always go back to Malcolm and Marie but it's like a movie like that where they tried to be super profound and made a bunch of decisions that were like oh my gosh look how fancy this is look how different we are something like that when they tried to 
do something, it just kind of takes away from the movie. Like, you're like, okay, we get it. You're trying to be cool as a director. And then in this movie, they made choices, which, like, you could tell were, like, a filmmaker's decisions. But it wasn't taking away from anything. It wasn't distracting. And they were able to work it in well. Um, Which is definitely... Yeah. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Three words could have said all of that. Um, But yeah, so they just, they they are very good at integrating it into their story rather than just like telling a story through a fancy lens. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. I kept thinking about um, what? Do, Do you remember that essay we had to write about truth? Oh my gosh, yes. I kept thinking about that essay. And because, especially because it was about, like, photography, too. So, I don't know. I my, just kept thinking about that. My essay was weirdly, like, not about truth. Like, I mean, I know it was supposed to be a tr- about truth. It Mine was about, I mean, I guess it, it was just, like, a, a very, very, very subcategory of truth. Because I, I just wanted to... Truth. I just really wanted to title an essay, The Secret Life of Donald Duck, okay? And... So I just I just wrote an essay about um, uh, Donald Duck's escapades in Nazi Germany <laughs> um, during the World War II propaganda Disney cartoon era stuff. I don't really, but like <laughs> that's not not at all on topic. Um, wow, I'm going on to tangents really early in this episode. Um, but yeah, this, I definitely see what you mean, though, about, um, I feel like, I feel like this could be a good thing to write a truth essay on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, because, like, a big thing about it is, I mean, it's obviously, it's trial. So, in a trial, because she was, she was talking about, like, I think there was a line that the, the, the lawyer said, don't remember exactly what it was but i think that it was like we're not trying to prove that he's lying we're trying to prove that he's made a mistake or something and and like so she there there was a lot of like you're proving the truth and you're trying to like and there's like different interpretations you know there's different things that go into like there's layers of truth like yeah like they're like ogres and onions they have layers <laughs> Um, yeah, and I really, and especially because then it works because you have that gray courtroom where it's like you, the audience kind of knows, like they're not trying to deliberate over like wrong and right what actually happened. It's all a matter of like what did this person do, and how can we interpret that? Yeah, and it's like, I mean, it, it, like they say that there are no shades of gray in the courtroom, but then as you're watching the story, it's like showing you all of the shades of gray you know and it, it and i think that was really really cool um and and it's kind of so i saw a, a post and i don't know where i saw it um i think i saw it reposted on somebody's snapchat story or something but i saw it like right after we watched the the movie and it was it was obviously a joke but it was like a poll that somebody put on um on twitter or something um, and it said, I have jury duty, and the two options were guilty or not guilty, and people just, like, randomly voted on it. Um, and it was, like, I mean, normally I would just be like, oh, haha, but then after watching this movie, it kind of, like, freaked me out a little bit. Um, because I was just, like, thinking about this character that we had, who's, like, our age, who got mixed up in something that he really didn't want to be mixed up in. And he was a good person, and he didn't deserve the situation he was in, and, like, the odds were all stacked up against him. And I was just, like, thinking about, like, like, the... I I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just a new respect for jurors, or, like, new disrespect for jurors, that there's just, like, so much that goes, like... Because, like, I mean... Well, yeah, because if you put yourself in the shoes of someone who, like... I mean, I should hope neither of us find ourselves on trial, but who knows? I'll defend you. Weird. Thank you. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> like, if either of us, like, commit a crime or, like, don't commit a crime but we're accused of a crime and suddenly we're in, like, a trial scenario, like, those jurors, like, hold our future for some indeterminate time in their hands so that when you hear about someone literally just going onto social media being like, haha, pick my verdict, like, that is someone's future and possibly life in your hands. And, I mean, it probably wasn't for something, like, major, I'm thinking. But, he, yeah. like, still, like, <laughs> like that that's our justice system, and that's what's happening. Fantastic. You know, and then, and then I think back to um, different, like, cases in the past that have, like, that were never, like, truly solved. And, you know, I read a, I read a book about um, the case of Lizzie Borden, and I really don't know if I think she did it or not. Honestly, I've a lot of times I've been thinking it's the uncle, but we're not going to get into that. If you have if you have opinions on who um, who killed um, Mr. and Mrs. Borden, leave it in the comments. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like Lizzie Borden either did this heinous crime, or was just like this young woman placed on trial for a heinous crime that she didn't do and I mean she was acquitted and I don't know if that was a good thing or not that she got acquitted um and I mean it's always fun to think of like like in terms of doing spooky things it's fun to think of her as like oh a spooky murderess and then like do funny things and like Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax when she thought what she had done she gave her father 41 um but like if if you applied that to this scenario, you know, I, I bet like the um the bodega owner's family when they saw um Steven get a not guilty verdict, they were probably like that's that sucks. I think he's guilty. And um they they probably thought that he was like not a good person and stuff and, and it's just like I don't know, it's just, it's just weird because you can never be 100% no matter how good your your justice system is. Yeah, and I think this movie did a good job of kind of capturing that feeling. Especially because you're looking inside of a case where we technically don't know everything that happened. Yeah, like, until the end. Even Yeah. So, you're watching everything unfold, so... While you have more insight to, like, the main character and the events that unfolded, you're kind of sitting along there with the jury, like, well, what did happen? What do I think happened? Like, what do I think about this main character? So it's kind of an interesting experience to have, especially while you have, like, the lawyer kind of, like, talking to Steve and also the audience about, like, how things should be unfolding and how she's kind of, like building his case up so it was definitely interesting and thought-provoking yeah and i i think that there are a lot of movies that have done things where it's like a morally gray character i'm not saying steven was morally uh, morally gray but like when you don't know the entirety of a character story and then they reveal what happened at a certain point at the end of the movie and something um but i think that the way that this movie did it was really effective because they didn't necessarily make Steve, like, a bad person. They didn't necessarily make him, like, truly guilty. But they did, you know, make it more questionable. They, like, it wasn't just him going in to get a drink. Like, you you saw that he was lying during that bit. And, and, and it, I mean, maybe he wasn't wittingly participating but you know he knew that there was something up and he could have walked away and stuff like that and so it really makes you like think is this character as good as I thought he was at the beginning and it makes you ponder that too but then also you think like oh he was scared blah 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 so there's like a ton of a ton of different like questions about it and I think that just the way that they, they handled that reveal was really effective I don't know yeah, and I especially like how the movie itself doesn't, like, try to, like, necessarily, like, outright justify everything he does. Like, it is, like, justified in the sense that, like, you know, like, the events that led up to it. But it doesn't, it doesn't try to justify, like, either, like, he is, like, completely innocent or he is, like, completely guilty. Like, it kind of takes that whole, like, 
gray side of things as well. And at the end, I really liked the final line. I can't say it word for word, but he's essentially like, boy, man, human monster, what do you see when you look at me? And I really liked that because like, it wasn't subtle, as we mentioned, but I, I thought it was a good way to conclude things like that. That's what we're talking about. Oh my God. The way that the, the prosecutor, see, I know he was just trying to do his job, so I can't say he was a bad guy, but I hated him. And like the way that he, he can look at the 17 year old kid who's put on trial and he can't even know 100% that Steve was guilty or not guilty. He just knew that he had to prove that he was not, or that he was guilty. And he looks at him and he goes, this is a monster. That was oh, like, yeah, that. Oh, that was intense. That was hard to watch. Like, imagine, especially with like, I mean, especially just the fact that you know, there's probably so many people in this world who just get looked at and immediately deemed a monster, like based on based on their their religion or their or their um in this case their race, you know, and it's just like. It's just, it, it's just, how, how can you look at a human being and without even knowing 100% if they are guilty of something and call them a monster? Because, like, I mean, there are people in this world who you know are guilty of things and you can say that they're a monster, but, like, a 17-year-old kid who may or may not have been a lookout for a robbery that went wrong. Like, What? You can't, and I don't even know how that's like allowed. I mean, I know that they're allowed to use like pointed language, but I feel like that's an ad hominem attack, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was definitely pushing. I think that like I know nothing about like law, like formal Mm -hmm. stuff. I've only seen like dramatized courtroom battles, like this movie. But even then, I feel like that's even pushing like. The, the envelope of what you can do in a scenario and like you have to imagine like not only does that have like an effect on like the people like in the courtroom trying to make a decision but that also has an effect like on our main character because you kind of see the term monster like thrown around by himself throughout the rest of the movie too so just even like even if you would say like completely like innocent like which isn't necessarily the case but even if he was like you still he then would have to go on with like with the guilt and those continuing thoughts of like oh well what if i am <laughs> like just you, you know like it just seemed like a, a touch harsh for your job sir yeah and like just the you can really tell i think that um, who was who this this kid who played um, Steve? Uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. I think uh, in some parts of this movie, his performance was fantastic. Because they were, um, like, he, he really made it clear in his performance that this was not a monster. And he really brought to life, you know, this kid's fear and his hopes and his dreams and just, like how terrifying it would be as a teenager to be presented with the chance that you could spend 25 years in prison with a bunch of like people who have murdered other guys and like done these heinous crimes and then you could be thrown in there when you didn't actually do all that much and you're not like really guilty and then you're and you're just like scared and he was like scared the whole time you could see it in his eyes and then at the end when he got um uh well by the way spoilers um <laughs> in the end when he's like I guess we should mention that <laughs> in the end when he gets the not guilty just like the the wash of relief that was both in him and in myself as a viewer like it was very um it was it was a very moving moment i felt and I really liked it. I think he did a great job. Yeah, and just that moment too, how they did the verdict of one of the people who was more directly involved with the actual murder. How, how they did that, like, right before his verdict, like, really helped to drum up the tension because they don't have, like, any sound in that segment. 
So, and you're just like watching the reactions and how this person's life has just completely changed and been upended by this verdict and what their future is going to hold. So that kind of helped build the tension that like in case like that tension kind of like dropped throughout the whole movie of whether or not Steve was actually going to be like found guilty. Don't know why I blanked on that there. That's awkward. Like it just really like brought the tension back into that moment because like this person was found guilty. What's gonna happen to me now? So I really liked that. But then even King, he was young too. And I don't yeah. know if he was just misguided. And I don't think they intended to murder that guy. Um, not 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 vouching for him as a as a human, but like I feel like giving giving him even giving any child, I feel like, twenty five years in prison is too much. I mean Yeah, like I don't think either of them like brought a weapon with them either. Like, wasn't that like the store owner's gun? Yeah, it was. I, I mean, they might have been armed. They probably were, but like, I just, I don't know. I've never, I've never like, I mean, yeah, there are times when there are teenagers who like are murderers or are just like absolute evil people, but. I feel like I feel like some sort of psych evaluation after like a year or two in prison or something just like something or even just like for a kid I feel like putting them into prison rather than like some sort of psychiatric rehab is not always the best. I feel like there's just so much wrong with our prison systems. I'm not going <laughs> to I don't know if we can yeah, get into I feel it right like now, that's but like a whole other thing we can get into. <laughs> Cause like uh, I don't know, I I it just this is like so much that you can't. Uh, they just don't prepare them to reintegrate into the world, and like that's the whole point of prison is to reform prisoners and criminals, and like it, it, it's that's just uh, the way that it is is not a good environment for a kid. And it's not, I don't think it's a good environment for anybody. It's not effective, but we're not going to get into that debate right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and you kind of see that reflected too in this movie. I, I think at one point uh, Steve even says like, like, I can't be here for 25 years or however long it could have been. Like he was like so torn up about that and like you see it kind of in his experiences like nothing like super explicit happens to him that i remember like while he's in jail awaiting like his verdict but even then like he is like completely like petrified of what his future could be and like that like i feel like that's like like of course like no one should be like excited or like feel good about going to prison but at the same time like just i i don't know just lots of thoughts yeah and then and then when you have like there's another performance that i thought was um heartbreaking which was um jeffrey wright's performance and he was the dad there were just these mm -hmm. moments when you could just see the pain in his eyes as like a father and i thought that was like I thought he did a great job because it was very understated, but it was very effective. Um, and like it just like you could see the effects that this this case had on everybody, and you could even you could even see that in the the store owner's family at the very end, just like the way that everybody just like was, and you could see see everything. And it was like it's you could it's like once again those those shades of gray. It's like it's affecting so many people and so many people think different things and like <sighs> yeah, it was, it, this, is a, this is a heavy topic if you haven't noticed this is a heavy episode um cause like it just I don't know maybe it, maybe it's just because like the character is literally our age and it's like going through it I don't know yeah that was like really weird to think about how this character is like, roughly like 
similar in age and like this is something that he's going through and meanwhile like the most stress i've had in recent times is my ap exams and meanwhile this character like was faced with like a murder charge and just and like everything that you have to go through when you're in that scenario like steve when you're that age and like how you and like how so many times you could be treated like an adult when like you're not an adult though like and like how you could like barely see his family and like how much of that did he like actually like fully understand especially in the beginning how it kind of opens with him like getting initially processed and how like in shock he is and just like no one's like really helping him just yeah i would I don't know. I don't know why it didn't do that well either on um, Rotten Tomatoes. I would have given it like at least a seventy something. Cause they yeah, like I was surprised how low it was. Yeah, like I feel like just it's just like cause I don't know. I feel like critics can look at this and be like, they're not subtle. There's no nuance. But like, it's but it's effective. Like even though like it's not subtle. Like, it does a whole lot better job than a lot of other movies when they do try to be subtle, you know? Like, at least this one, it works. It wears it well. You know you know who is in this movie? Who's in another movie? Who? Um, John David Washington. He was in it for, like, two seconds. Do you know who he, who he was? Is that Malcolm? Yes, it is Malcolm. It's who was he in this movie? Boy. I saw him... It's the king of um, subtlety and nuance and um, amazing symbolism, Mr. Malcolm. Um, he's the most thought-provoking character I've ever seen in my entire life. And um, yes, the most likable and, and, and layered character on the face of the planet. And he came in and he played an even more likable character by the name of Bobo. And, um... Wait, he was Bobo? Yeah. He was. You can't see my face right now. But I kind of wish you could. <laughs> Why? It's- I'm currently staring at the floor with a hand across my face. And I don't know what this is. Shame? Shock? I don't know, I just- He was Bobo? Like, the whole time I knew he was in this movie, and I was like, I don't know where he is, he's somewhere, and- Anyway, just continue with the conversation, I'll join back in eventually. Okay. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, I- I think most members of the cast were good. I didn't know that ASAP Rocky could act. I think I've listened to, like, two of his songs before. Um... But I have not listened to anything. <laughs> I just I, I knew I, I've been aware of his existence and I knew that he was a rapper. I did not know that he um acted. And I don't think he did a bad job. I don't um I don't think his performance was like glaringly bad or anything. I think that it was pretty realistic, I guess. Well also I don't then again, I'm I'm not from Harlem and I don't um like I don't run with that kind of crowd. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I'm the the there's a very big cultural difference between um, uh, Harlem and where they were and where we are. Um, so I don't know how realistic he was, but it felt to me like it was natural. Um, I think he did a pretty good job. Um, Jennifer Hudson, she was in this movie. She was also in Cats. Um, she was the only good- Wait, was she the mom? Yes. That's why she looked familiar! Okay, continue. Have you seen Cats? No, but I know who Jennifer Hudson oh. is. <laughs> 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 watch cats eventually but you'll know because i'll be traumatized okay when when jenna just like stares at the floor and and rocks back and forth for like a month <laughs> it's happened um 
No, uh, she she was the only good thing about Cats, um, as far as I can tell. I didn't watch the movie. I didn't want to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was in this. Um, yeah, she was the mom. She was pretty cool. Um, I I didn't. I don't think there was anything like glaringly bad about this movie. Like there were things that like weren't amazing, but. Like, off the top of my head, there was nothing that, like, was bad. Yeah. I feel like his girlfriend was kind of unnecessary, but that's that doesn't really matter. I like to know that he has uh, friends that exist, but his girlfriend never showed up to the trial or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I get that it kind of, like, humanized him and kind of, like, put into, sp into perspective that, like, he is just a child essentially but they never really did anything with that and like this this movie was like a little under an hour and 40 minutes like you could have done like something like you had the room to do it wouldn't have hurt i don't think if you were going to include her yeah and then i kind of felt bad for the poor little defense lawyer who was representing king <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he was just he like, was trying he was like oh man you're really not helping are you sir um Tried his but best. also, they barely gave him any screen time. They just wanted us to know that he was there. I liked his name, though. Asa Briggs. That's a cool name. I know! They, they gave him, like, the best name in the movie. And he was barely in it! I've seen, like, two different characters with the name Asa in my life. One was Asa Fox and one was Asa Briggs. Um, and I still like the name Asa. Um, but I don't think I like it enough to want to say it a bunch of times because it sounds like Ava but Ness <laughs> so like Asa and Ava I can't I can't be friends with anybody named Asa because that'd be weird actually no because I'm friends with people named Ava yeah I can be friends with Asas Asa and Ava sitting in a tree <laughs> Well, I wasn't gonna do that. <laughs> well, you kind of sounded like you were starting the melody. Um, I, I was just trying to, like, I, I don't know what I was trying to do. Anyways, um, I did like the, um, the inclusion of his teacher, though. Yes. I thought that the teacher, I thought that the teacher was really good, and I think that a... A, a, a good character witness as a teacher, like, that you trust. Like, because, you know, like, when you trust a teacher, they're, like, your best pal. Um, mm -hmm. Versus when you don't trust a teacher, you don't tell them anything. But if you trust a teacher, they get all the tea. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, usually you're, like, your best self around a, a teacher whom you like. Because, you know not only are you do you want to do work for them and stuff and you want to be productive around them but they also like let you they support you in doing your endeavors and whatever projects or whatever so like i feel like they, they might even be a better testament to character than like a parent because there's such a different power dynamic between the parent and the child and there's also like a different bias kind of um but yeah i don't know yeah, like, a teacher has no reason to like you, well, like, in most scenarios, unless you give them a reason to, and you prove that, like, you're, you're, like, uh, moral, I guess. That's not the word I want, but that's what I'm using. Yeah, but Leroy over here, I don't think he said many super good things. Like, every time that he went on, like, a, a tangent... They were all about, like, the philosophy of life. They weren't about how good Steve was. <laughs> he, like... He was like, oh, yeah, I don't think Steve could have done anything wrong. And then the the prosecutor was like, okay, did you did you know what he did after 10 o'clock? And he was like, well, do, does anybody know what anybody does after 10 o'clock? Because if you think about it, everybody has their own lives and they go and do other things. And he went on this whole tangent, but he wasn't talking about, like, he wasn't, like, um, I don't need to know what he does after 10 o'clock because, um, 
you know, I've seen how he behaves among his peers, and I see what um, what his passions are and, and stuff like that. And, and, and he could have talked more about that rather than, like, just going on tangents about the existential topics in life. But I guess it's fine. He's, he did fine. Yeah, I feel like the film is trying, like, a touch too hard to, like, tie together, like, the courtroom with, like, all of, like, the flashbacks and, like, the film stuff through his character in that moment. But I feel like if they had focused a little more on, like, using him as kind of, like, a way to, like, try and prove that Steve was not guilty, I think it would have felt a little more natural to the audience. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, if you're in a position where, like, you know that the prosecutor is trying to trip you up, I guess, like, going on a tangent about, like, life and existentialism to kind of like try and avoid the fact that like the prosecutor is very obviously trying to get you to say something incriminating not the worst thing you could do i guess this prosecutor was like so annoying though i'm glad they gave it to him at the end when he you should know better (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like you go judge but like I don't know, the prosecutor, he said he said things like, um, he just, like, brought up random stuff, and he was, like, questioning weird things, and he was, like, talking to the 17-year-old kid who's being accused of murder, and talking to this, this guy who wants nothing but to see him incriminate himself. And he's a little nervous, and he goes, are you nervous? Why are you nervous? And the kid's like, I'm not nervous. Of course he is nervous! He is a child testifying for himself on a murder trial, which he did not murder anybody. And he's terrified of this person in front of him who's really close, who wants nothing more than to see this kid go away for 30 years. I'm sorry, I would be freaked out by this guy. Even if I wasn't on trial and he was like, oh, are you, are you nervous? Even if I was just witness for something, I, I would, I would be terrified of this man. Yeah, like, I would not do well on trial. Even if, like, I wasn't the one, like, on trial, if I got called to the stand, yeah, I'd be pretty freaking nervous and I would sound it, too. I'm not good at masking that I'm nervous in public speaking in any capacity, so... I don't know if that would look sus, but that's just normal for me. And even then, I feel like the prosecutor just, like, wasn't good, because, like, he kept doing a bunch of ad hominem attacks, which, like, if if this were Model UN, he would have had so many right of replies against him. <laughs> Do you know what a right of reply is? Have you Ouch. ever seen one of those in action? I have not seen one in action. But for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, like, in Model UN, when somebody, instead of, um, instead of making a and arguments against your position they they insult the delegate so instead of me being like oh i disagree with your point jenna i'd be like well you're stupid jenna <laughs> and then jenna would get a right of reply to be like that's mean <laughs> um so yeah um there would be if, if this were happening like in committee there would be so many right of replies. He's if he goes, this is a monster. It, the chair would have been like, okay, you can have a right of reply, and then he would have been like, I'm not a monster. <laughs> but yeah, this is a courtroom. There is no diplomacy here. Oh man, who who is this guy? This guy that played the the prosecutor. What was he in? Does he feel like? He... <sighs> I liked Steve's lawyer. He was in. Um, nothing that I've seen. Steve's lawyer was also in, like, nothing that I've seen. But I recognize her. She was in the old Pride and Prejudice, which I didn't see. She was in Fifty Shades of Grey, which I didn't see. Um, she was in Fifty Shades of Grey? She was in the other Pride and Prejudice? What was she in the other Pride and Prejudice? Wait, what? She was in both Pride and Prejudices? Hang on. Hang on. I feel like this is a. I feel like this is a myth. I feel like she was not in this. 
Yeah, no, she was not in this. Okay, I was gonna say that that's a little weird. Um but no, I liked I liked her as a character, definitely. Um I think she was a really good lawyer. She's good at her job. <laughs> yeah. Um and I think she was really nice and understanding. Like she she recognized that he was a kid and recognized that he was scared and understood like the weight of the situation and stuff and I I think as a character she was really good cuz like I mean she wasn't meant to change as a character over the course of the movie that was that was Steve's job um <laughs> Steve Jobs <laughs> um, <laughs> um hilarious um but I think that as a supporting character she was very effective and very likable um so it, it made it really easy to root for the main character and her because they were like a united front in the courtroom um because they were both likable if she wasn't likable and she was like bad at her job it probably probably would have been more difficult to get us on his side because they were also trying to convince the audience that he did nothing wrong and that he was a good person um and i mean yeah they gave you like more insight into him as a character through the movie but you know part of it was her convincing us that he was a good person and um so yeah i think they i think they used her as a character well yeah and like i i like how they introduced like oh like in the beginning she has like so many caseloads and she's under like so much pressure and this is just one more case and how they were trying to get her to take the plea deal even though she knew that like it wasn't a good one i like because at first i was like oh man is he gonna have like a bad lawyer or whatever but then she turned out to like actually like really care about him and not like shove him aside nor did they do a conflict where like she like screws up really badly like i liked how she was just like a constant throughout this film that like she was proven to be reliable what was her what was her name like as a her character i don't know what does it say it says it says Catherine O'Brien, and then it got cut off so i'm gonna say Catherine. oh o'brien i think it was o'brien yeah okay i want an o'brien cinematic universe where we just watch where there's just a bunch of movies and it's just her court cases she has a heavy caseload. What if Asa is like a supporting character? <gasps> could she just get a TV show and Asa can be her pal? <gasps> oh my god, they can have like a love triangle or something. It could be like um, um, Catherine and her husband and then Asa's like, hey Catherine, want to get coffee after work? And she's like, okay, Asa. <laughs> love triangle ensues. Um, I... I Oh, ooh, ooh, they could do enemies to lovers with the with the prosecutor. <laughs> Excuse me, Ava. <laughs> How about they not do that? <laughs> no, You're right. She's too good for him. Um, I just I. <laughs> I want to see more of her, more of her cases. I want, I want her, even if it's just a limited series. Give me Catherine O'Brien saving people from from jail time. I want her defending good people. I wonder if you're a defense lawyer, if you get to pick to represent people that you think are innocent. Cause like, who would, like, when there's a a person who's so clearly guilty. How do you get a defense lawyer who wants to take you on when they know that you're like guilty? Mm. But then, then actually, no, I can't bring up Chicago because you've never seen it. You can bring up Chicago. Either. Okay. Um. So in Chicago, Billy Flynn is like this this big shot defense lawyer, and he doesn't really care if the person is guilty or not. Like. Some like some of the women that he defends are like openly guilty with him, um, and he only defends women, and he has like a one hundred percent success rate, um, and like yeah, he just he he just uses like sympathy pleas and stuff, and he's like a really good lawyer and stuff, um, but he's like really good at getting guilty people off, 
But like, I wonder for if there's any defense lawyers listening and you want to tell me about how the client matching process goes, let me know, because I'm actually quite interested in that. Not like as a career path for myself, because I honestly, um, I would not, I mean, I would, like, if there was any lawyering I would want to do, it would be criminal law, but like, I don't want to have to deal with the criminals, you know? Unless I'm putting them behind bars. Hehe. <laughs> um, but no. Um, so if you want to explain to me what happens as a defense lawyer when you know the person's guilty, um, that would be an interesting insight. Well, technically you don't know because under the law, it's innocent until okay. If you have a if you have a client who, in their first meeting with you, goes, "So I'm guilty. Can you still get me off?" <laughs> How do you how do you go about doing that? Well, you would probably go about it the same way that like this lawyer did. She said that she it didn't matter whether or not he actually did it. But I feel like so I feel like if you know somebody's guilty versus if you have a even if it's just a gut feeling, you have a gut feeling they're guilty or if a gut feeling that they're innocent. Just from talking to a person, you're going to make a subconscious judgment. I feel like you're going to be more invested in one scenario than the other. Like, she was very invested in this kid. Um, and probably a good chunk of that was because she believed him to be innocent. And she wanted to save his future, you know? Yeah, but I feel like when you're a lawyer, you don't really have that type of bias. Well, of course, like, you have a bias. Everyone does. But even then, I feel like so much of your job is, like, rooted in success. I feel like in order to, like, social climb as a lawyer, you need to be able to point to all the cases that you've won. Mm. So I think if you're trying, if your job is you need to prove that you need to get this person off, I think you don't even really consider, like, whether or not this person is guilty. You have to consider what makes people think this person is guilty. And you have to exploit all the reasons why that is wrong but i feel i don't know if that makes any sense but i mean wouldn't it be like if you're talking to somebody and you're like in your soul think that they're guilty how could you in good conscience try to get them proven innocent i don't know it, it's like like it's like just just from well, day to day you're so convinced mm-hmm. if you're so convinced that they're guilty there's probably no chance that you can get them to be proven innocent. Because if it's that obvious to you, and you're trying to defend them, then the evidence that you have to prove them innocent probably isn't going to be all of that good. Well, that's not necessarily true, because there have been, like, times when there have been... I can't name them. <laughs> um, but there are, like, situations in which there are people who have gotten, like, acquitted of charges, um... When it's like, so clear, must be them, or something, or even if it's not them and you just like have a kind of subconscious judgment, like, or even just like, I I would not be able to stomach the job because even just the chance that this person is like, guilty and they get to walk free because of me, that would be terrifying to me. Because, like, I mean, even just just day to day, when you're when you're existing in society, you make judgments about other people with, like, barely any evidence. Like, if you're walking around and you see somebody wearing their mask below their nose, you're automatically going to think they're a bad person. Um, and even if even if, like, you're you're not trying to be judgmental, like something subconscious goes off in your brain and, and that's before even talking to them. And, like, it's not a good thing that it happens, but it's just a thing that happens, you know? And, and just, like, judgments that just happen in a split second. And so I feel like as, like, a lawyer and you're presented with somebody who might be guilty, and the more you talk to them, you're going to make more of these judgments just, like, as you're talking to them. That's part of the reason why they're not always, like, able, like, they're not always put on the stand, you know? Because, like, them talking would just make it worse. Um... And so it's like, I feel, I don't know, I feel like there's got to be times in which a defense lawyer has a gut feeling that they're guilty and they still have to pretend like they're innocent, which I just, I just feel like that must be so difficult. Well, yeah, and, well, there are in some cases, like, if a person is, like, 
appears to be like pretty guilty. There are like plea deals. So I feel like in some cases, lawyers don't have to necessarily deal with trying to prove someone guilty, innocent. Yeah. Because it's just more beneficial to take the plea deal. Mm-hmm. They almost took a plea deal in this one. Um, but it was a bad plea deal. So they didn't. And then they won. Um, and they saved the main character. He's a good guy. Everybody's happy. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the end. Close the book. Woohoo! <laughs> um, anyways, I think that's like all we're gonna do for today. Um, if you're listening on YouTube and you want to hit subscribe to get more of these fantastic episodes, I promise that we will start being more on schedule in the coming weeks. Um, we have like one more busy week and then and then it's the kind of like coasting downhill from the rest of the school year. Um, so that should be, I, I hope I'm not speak, speaking too soon, um, cause that would be sad. Um, but then, then we'll be like, then, then we'll be all yours, you guys. Um, so subscribe to get more weekly episodes here. Um, we'll get videos up on the weekends. Um, leave a like, comment down below what you thought of the movie or what you think about our discussion. Um, if you're not on YouTube right now, you can probably follow us on whatever platform you're listening um, and you can also go to YouTube if you want to see more content. If you want um, to see some fun little clips from our podcast, you can go on TikTok or Instagram. Um, we also notify you on Instagram when we post an episode. Um, if I am punctual about it. If I'm not, um, have mercy. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's about it. Um We'll see you next week. Hope you have a great day. Um, Jenna, anything to add? When I was watching this movie, all I could think about was a, uh, a video presentation a group of people in the year below me made about the book Monster by Walter Dean Myers, which this movie is based off of. And that video was cursed. So as a filmmaker, Steve is better. Okay, bye!